Praise the Lord. So good to see everyone here today. I know we've got some folks out. Um, we have a birthday today. Several birthdays. Anybody, anybody have a birthday in here? Anybody willing to admit they have a birthday in here? I, I see my dad. We already know. We already know he has it coming. Anybody else? Do you see anybody slipping down in their seats? We have several people who are not here. Yeah. That we need to sing to, but they're not here. So we can sing a little bit now, and then when they come, we'll sing again. If we can fit that in there. But I want my dad to come up here. He's here. And uh, I believe we uh, got him last year, so we're going to get him again this year. I think he's shrinking a little bit. <laughs> but it's so good to have him with us here. We're going to sing happy birthday to him. I don't know if he's going to have the enthusiasm that all those before him have had. Uh, yeah, um, so we'll have a little bit of enthusiasm. I'll try to help you here. We're going to sing happy birthday, right? Let's sing happy birthday. A happy birthday, birthday to you. A happy birthday birthday we're going to Ponderosa sorry I don't know where that came from some of y'all probably don't even know what Ponderosa is <laughs> we will go ahead and uh, well I don't know are they watching Brant's brother and sister Branson and family are you all watching a live stream well why don't we just go ahead and sing to them now that we've called them out Liam and Allie. We need to sing happy birthday to both Liam and Allie. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near every day of the year. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. And the best With that being said, we will let our teachers get a head start here before we watch the stampede. All right. We will dismiss for Children's Church.
It's good to see all that excitement. Anybody else excited in here? Amen. Thankful for for his word today. Thankful for his presence, his patience. And um, thankful that I get to come here another day and seek his face. Get to come another day and say, here am I, Lord. I need you. I want you. And uh, we're going to pull in some of the Old Testament scriptures that lead us to what we have been studying. And um, I've titled this Reconcile, Rebuild, Repurpose. And we're going we're gonna to look at some of the writings of David point to this this time that Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And this is something that was prophesied. This is these are things that that the Jewish culture, the Jewish people knew would take place. They knew that there would be the Messiah who would come and save and and uh, would represent a kingdom that had no end. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 9 and 6, a kingdom that wouldn't have an end. And so we're going to look at Psalm 24. We're going to read the first two passages in this chapter. A Psalm of David, the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. David begins this chapter with proclamation of the sovereignty of the Lord. Everything you see, and everyone you see, are his. I think that's important language. For us to recognize everything that we see in this world that he created is his, this earth, belongs to him. It doesn't belong to man. Man was placed in the garden to take care of it, but it wasn't his. People trying to save the world right now because they're claiming that it's theirs. But the truth is, it's His. And the Lord will do what He will to what He created. It's His. And every person on the face of this planet, they're His. They're not the devils. We have to understand that. Every person that is alive, whether they're wicked or righteous, are his. Because that's what the passage said, right? For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. And they that dwell therein are his. 
Every person that's alive on this planet dwells on this planet, right? So that means that they are His. He spoke. The Lord spoke. And light appeared. And was separated from darkness. Expanses were created, separated. Dry land called earth was positioned and the water was gathered called seas and the two meet, but a shore separates them. He spoke to the earth to produce vegetation. He spoke to the expanse of the heavens, placing the sun to rule the day and the moon and stars to rule the night. He spoke life into the expanses. Creatures of the air, the sea, the earth. Then he formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. He blessed them and gave all life the commandment to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and have dominion. He gave dominion to man. Somewhere, things changed. Man lost dominion. And today, we see the evidence of what happens when man loses power and authority. and Hands it over to the enemy. In 2000. 21, the earth's population was 7.88 billion. In 2022, it was 8 billion. And in 2023, it is 8 billion, 45,311,447. There's an estimate of 10 to 14 million known animals in the world and he owns it all he owns it all but not everything is as beautiful as it was in the beginning With over 8 million people on this planet, not all of them have dominion. We can say that a small number of people on this planet actually walk in dominion. Most of the population are under dominion of the God of this world, the prince and the power of the air. He might have dominion over people now because of what Adam and Eve did, but he is also limited and has to ask the one who is sovereign. The devil is not God's equal in rivalry. The devil is not the opposite of God. The devil is nothing. He has no power of his own. 
He has no authority over his own. He's a trickster, a deceiver, a liar. He is worthless. He can't make anybody do anything. He can oppress. He can convince people they are slaves. And people will make decisions based on their captivity. He can convince people of that. He can make people feel like, well, I can't do anything other than go to the bar and drink myself sick. I can't do anything other than wake up and fill this pipe full of substance. All he can do is lie, deceive, accuse. And this is enough to influence free will. Recently, a man fueled by hate shot four people because of the color of their skin. So far in 2023, there has been 470 mass shootings. And all of these happen because people are broken. Because people are lost. People are confused. And people are controlled by what they open the door to. And this is how dominion is transferred. Somebody gives over their rights to be controlled by another. When somebody opens the door to the enemy, what they're opening the door to is captivity. They're opening the door to bondage. Listen, we already start out in this world in a pretty, pretty low state. Uh, but for us to go ahead and give over everything to the enemy to control our life. makes us absolutely powerless and, and positions us in a place where we become blind to the truth, become blind to the reality, and we just, we just grope in the dark looking for answers, trying to make sense out of what doesn't make sense. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. When people open the door to the devil, he can move into their mind, blind their mind, and influence their choices. People will begin to make choices based on what their flesh wants. Go ahead and do it. You deserve it. There is nothing wrong with this. Listen, I, I tell you today, there is a danger in, in letting just anything come into our lives. Letting anything come into our homes. And we begin to justify, well, it's not as bad as some of the other things. It's not as evil as some of the other things. Nobody's actually getting hurt. It's, everyone knows that it's just a movie. Everyone knows that it's just a, it's just, it's just a, an act 
that it's not actually real. But what are we doing? We are desensitizing ourselves to the wickedness in the world. When somebody can watch another person get murdered and not be devastated by it. Watched another person get kidnapped and 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 just and be, and be somewhat entertained by these by these ideas, these movies, just this ridiculous wickedness. And to even go to the music, listen to music, and repeat words that are ungodly, and not think twice about what they actually mean. This is what people are opening themselves up to in this world. Why do you think the world is in the condition that it's in right now? It's because they flung open the door and said, Satan, we want you to infiltrate our homes, our lives, and we want you to help us make decisions based on what we want. What my flesh wants. What's easy. Do you know what you know what's easy? It's easy to do what this flesh wants to do. It's easy to sit back and grab the remote and just find something that suits you. Just flip until you land on something. Just just look at any, any old thing and let your lust run wild. That's what this world is doing. Causing people to gravitate towards ungodliness. That's the God of this world. Blinding the the minds of people. It's not really that bad. Listen, the LGBTQ thing, it's really not that bad. They're not really hurting anyone. They can have their way. People can have their own version of truth. And nobody's really hurting anyone. But listen, they are blinded to the reality. They're blinded to the gospel. They can't see anything good. As time marches on, people are getting worse. It's not getting better. People are actually getting worse I would say 470 mass shootings this year is pretty it's a pretty uh, clear indication that everything is getting worse that mankind is getting worse people are losing their minds and and they are going out and and making uh, terrible choices to take another person's life because they're driven by wickedness. 2 Timothy 3.13 But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. Evil men and seducers are getting worse and worse and worse. With all of the evil in our world and in our sinful nature, how can anyone see or stand in the presence of a holy God? I believe what, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to, he wants to make
make the presence of a holy God so far from mankind in their thinking, their life, their decisions. But Psalm 24 and 3 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? In verse 24 and 4, or chapter 24 and 4, He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. What the enemy wants to do is remove the innocency from people. He wants our children. So he can defile their lives. So he can ravage their lives and remove their purity, remove their innocency. The enemy is after our children. And there are parents who have opened the door to let them in. And this is the reality. None of us are good enough to get to that holy place on our own. Who has clean hands? Who has innocent, blameless, clear hands? Who has a pure heart? An empty, free from the wickedness of an evil heart. Who has an empty heart in regards to wickedness? Is there one person who hasn't touched or or held what filled their wicked heart? Not one of us can stand in that place. But there is one who can. Jesus. Jesus is able to stand in that holy place where not one member not one person alive on this planet can stand. The truth is we are all in trouble. Every single one of us we were all in trouble not one of us was good enough not one person was good enough to stand in that holy place where Jesus stood he was perfect clean spotless and he came to tear down the wall that separated he came to remove the veil He came to set and make free, to cleanse, to heal, to deliver, to make a way of reconciliation. That's what he came to do. And we ought to be so thankful today that there is one who stood in our place to make reconciliation. 
He stood in our place to reconcile us into a right standing relationship with the holy God. While the world is blinded and they want nothing to do with a holy God. I believe there is a spirit that's trying to creep into the church. That's trying to keep God's people from stepping into that holy place. As long as he can keep people bound in their sin, they won't get in. As long as he can keep people making excuses for the reason that they sin, for the reason that they miss the mark. But all God wants is for people to repent. The scriptures tell us he doesn't want any to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Why? So they can be reconciled. It's going to take repentance to be reconciled. It's going to take turning from a wicked world to be reconciled. It's going to take a life changed to be reconciled. He came to set and make free. With clean hands and a pure heart, he could make atonement for our sins. And through his blood, we could stand in the presence of God clean. Through the blood of the spotless lamb, we are able to enter into the holy place. Psalm 24 and 5, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now, if we, if we look ahead into, into this, this Sermon on the Mount where these beatitudes are being taught, we actually see this blessing. We see this, this blessing from the Lord and we see this opening of the door for righteousness for people. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, verse 4, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. How can we enter into the holy place? Through a holy door. But we must empty ourselves of everything that is unholy and unclean. But this is a great conundrum. How can we become clean? Clean hands and an empty heart will be filled with righteousness. But how do we become clean? We empty ourselves of all of the things that make us unclean. While the church is supposed to be emptying themselves of everything that's unclean, we see another thing happening in our world. Our world is filling their life with everything that's unclean.
And these are it, Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness. What is, what is our culture being sold? The manifestation of the works of the flesh. Our, 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 our culture, the culture that we live in, is so filled with adultery and fornication and uncleanness, lasciviousness, all of these things. Are, are, it's, that's what's filling mankind. That's why mankind is in the shape that it's in. Because of the works of the flesh and the oppression of the enemy. Uh, and I, I've said it before like this. Uh, how the enemy, how Satan ministers to people is through their flesh. Why do people cheat on their spouse? It's because they justify it. Well, this isn't happening. This ain't going on. So I'm going to find somebody else. What, 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 what's, what fills music and fills the media is you can see it wherever you look. Fornication is everywhere that you look. This, this, whole, this whole culture, listen, this whole LGBTQ thing, it's all fornication. It's all sexual. Everything has to be sexual in order for it to be sold to the American people. Or not even just the American people, but to be sold in people in general. It's, it's sexuality that's being sold to America. Why does everything have to be sexual? Because that's, that's the manifestation of the works of the flesh. That's what our world is after. That's what our world is chasing. That's what our world is in bondage to. But listen, it's not just our world. There are, there are people, there are Pentecostals, right, who have struggled with things. There are Pentecostals that have, that have accepted the bait and they have, they have uh, gone down a road where they have satisfied their flesh. It, we're not exempt from it because we got in through the door. The only way we can be secure and not fall is to take the words of Jesus and build our life by that. And so when God reconciles us, what his intentions are is to rebuild us. Take out this works of the flesh. You can't be led of my spirit and follow your flesh. Uh, Romans chapter 8, Now therefore there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The only way that we're going to win, the only way we're going to stay and remain in this, in this righteous, holy place that God has opened the door for us is to follow his spirit, not our flesh. If we follow the flesh, listen, we're going to die. We're not going to make it. We're going to lose out. We're going to miss out. But if we let the spirit of the living God lead us, we're going to, he's going to build a house that will not fall. So we got to be, we got to be on guard looking for these things, looking for a manifestation of these things that are trying to destroy our life. Listen, when, when there are 
things that come when the enemy comes to try to divide a house. What needs to happen is, is both a husband and wife need to come to the altar and pray for a way out. Pray for a way to get through this. Pray for a way to hold together and continue in this, in this right way of living and not follow after these things. And then we go into verse 20. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, simulations, wrath, tribes, seditions, heresies. All of these things are, are, are being manifest in our world, are they not? Idolatry. We live in one of the most idolatrous times. People are making gods out of everything. There's witchcraft. There is, there is blatant witchcraft in our world. There, you just, you, listen, you flip on the, uh, the TV and you begin to watch some of these things and you'll see it. You'll see the evidence. But you know what? It'll be comical because they want it to be lighthearted because they want to desensitize you to the reality. Hatred. We live in the, one of the most hateful generations. I'm telling you, I, the, you, you work around people for any amount of time and, and you just see the hate. I, me and my, one of my friends, we used, to, we used to joke about this several years back about one of, one of our coworkers who was just one of the grumpiest individuals I ever met. Well, one of them, one of them, there have been a lot, but one of them, and, you know, you, we would kind of tease him a little bit and say, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Barely there. The life sucked out of him, full of bitterness, hatred. It's our world. Our world is wandering around full of all of these things. Their flesh is running wild. They're, 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 up, to their, they're up to their head and all of these works of the flesh. Variant simulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envians, murders, drunkenness, all of these things, the manifestation of all of these things. Listen, Envians. Well, I want what they have. And you know what? I'm going to go take it when they're not looking. You know what they didn't have when I was growing up? They didn't have these Amazon package snatchers. True. But it was just like in broad daylight, people would just come up and take whatever they want off the porch and pretend like it's theirs. The level of boldness. Back when I was a kid, you had to plot it out how you was going to steal your neighbor's bicycle without them seeing it and without going to jail. I don't think anybody cares about jail or people seeing them now. They're just, they're just out and doing it. Oh, I just pulled up in a vehicle and walked to this house like it's mine and snatched the package off of the porch. 
get back in. You know, you know what I've seen? You've seen some of these videos where they walk up real calmly like they own the place, they pick up the package, and they kind of, they kind of go like this back to, the, back to their vehicle. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous. And the murders. You know what, I'm tired of hearing about murders. I know, I know we, have, we have it in our face all the time because we have access to, to media we didn't have 10, 20 years ago. And we hear about things more. We hear about the, the wickedness. And there is a, there's an agenda to, to promote fear and to cause people to, to cower in fear from all these things. But, but there are murders. There is drunkenness, revelings, and such a like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All of these things. There are people in our world, right? We just, we just went through this. The people in our world who have these uh, works of the flesh in their life, and that's what they're living their life by. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. But a lot of them are blind and they don't even see a need for the kingdom of God. They don't even know that they're walking into hell, blindfolded. They don't know that their life is lost and all their pleasure is momentary at best. They don't know that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They don't know that there will be eternal separation from everything that's good. That's God. People don't know this. They don't think about this. They're living for the moment, right? Trying to find pleasure in the moment. But you find pleasure in the moment and the moment will change. And there won't be moment. There won't be uh, pleasure in a moment later. The pleasure of sin is for a season. And I've experienced that myself. Before it becomes an addiction, it's pleasurable. But when it becomes addiction, you can't change. When it becomes addiction, you're anchored to it. And, and everything that you're doing is just because you, you have no control over it. You've been given to it. And now this is who you are. And every, oh, you know, the lies, we, people deceive themselves and say, oh, I could quit at any time. I could stop at any time. I could stop doing this at any time. Why haven't you? Because I'm anchored to it. I can't change it. But nobody wants to be transparent. Talk about how much they need God. But if they would let God work, he would reconcile and rebuild. He will reconcile and he will rebuild and make them a house of rest a house that will not fall. He will rebuild and make them able to walk above all of the influence that the enemy uh, sends our way to get a hold of our flesh. People can live triumphantly because nobody 
Not one person. I don't believe one person who ends up in the hospital because of a drug overdose said, well, this is where I knew I'd end up at because I wanted this. It starts with the high. It starts with the feeling. It starts with that, that first, that first uh, thing, that first experience. And, and it opens their eyes so they see, oh, wow, this whole world exists. And, and then it leads them into bondage. What the church, what people ought to do, what people have to do when they come here, when they come to a place at the end of their road in their life and they want out because they're tired of the nightmare. They're tired of the trouble. They're tired of watching their kids embrace the lies of the enemy. They're tired of watching themselves embrace the lies of the enemy. What has to happen is we must empty ourselves from these things. People must Come to the end of their road and say, I want it out. Can I uh, just share with you what I feel like is a, what I believe is a wrong way to think about the kingdom of God, about stepping into the kingdom of God. We don't completely empty ourselves just by obeying Acts 2.38. This is the door, and we can enter in having repented for our sins, cleansed from our sins, and received the power through His Spirit to gain dominion over our sinful nature. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is where change begins. This is where rebuilding begins. But we must seek his face and we must stick it out while God begins to rebuild. The rebuilding process is not moment. It's not instant. Somebody's life isn't going to be different because they come and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they're baptized in Jesus' name and they leave this place and they go home looking around like, well, it still looks the same. Did I really, did I really experience the new birth? I don't, I don't, you know, after a while, I don't feel much different. I, I still feel like I'm struggling. I still feel like I have these issues. I, I, I still... I still don't feel like I belong. I, I still, my mind is still all over the place and my heart is still, I'm still unsettled. I still don't, I still don't know. The rebuilding process is going to take time. It's going to take time. You know what I've told people in the past and they didn't last. I told them, you stick this out, and in a year's time, your life will look different. 
you stick this out, and in five to seven years, listen, you don't know where God will take you. You stick this thing out, and God will transform your life. He will rebuild you into something you didn't think is possible or would ever think is possible, but you have to stick it out. And you've got to let him rebuild, which means you've got to let him show you. You've got to let him show you your flesh. And you know what happens? And you know how God shows us our flesh? When we fast, what's the loudest thing at, at the very beginning? Your flesh. It's so mad. You can really gauge how strong your flesh is by fasting. Really, that's about the only way you can, you can gauge it. Is when you, you just push back the plate and stop eating for a day or two, three days. Eventually, it'll fade. Eventually, the flesh won't have strength to keep going and keep yelling in your hearing, saying, what are you doing? You're starving us. You get rid of the voice of your flesh and you'll hear the voice of the Lord. You get rid of the flesh and you'll see the walls, right? When you fast, you know what's going to happen? Is you're going to see the walls that your flesh has constructed. You're going to see the anger issues. You're going to see it for yourself. And that's not, a, that's not a fun place to be at, but it's a needful place to be at because God's trying to show us what's wrong with the house. And you can't get this insight any other way. Because listen, if we're under the dominion of the enemy, we're blind to what sin is doing to us to our life we're blind to the destruction that's being caused by our by our patterns of sinful activity we're blind to those things but what god begins to show us is this is where this wall must be destroyed if i'm going to rebuild a victorious house in you if you're going to be built up a spiritual house. If you're going to be a person that recognizes the devil's lies and recognizes the devil's deceitful ways and his tricks and the ways that he tries to get you, to tries to get you back into bondage and tries to uh, appeal to those sinful ways that you have given him access to. That's the only way he can influence our life. Not everything not everything is a spiritual attack. Sometimes, most of the time, it's just this flesh that's trying to get back up off the cross. It's just this flesh that said, but I want what this world has. The joy and the pleasures of this world. Let's stand. David was writing 
and we'll continue this, but David was writing of a coming king that was going to change it all. When I think about our creator, you can't see him as a creator without seeing him as a redeemer as well. Why do we need redemption, some people say? Why would a loving God create people who are just going to live their life like this? But the truth is, a loving God created this world to show us love and that we would choose love, that we would choose Him, that we would want Him I was created for him. You were created for him. We're created for worship. We're created to walk with him. So why don't we walk with him? Why don't we give him access into the hidden areas of our life that will keep us moving forward? Why don't you let him into your life today and let him restore. Let him reconcile your life and rebuild your life. Amen. Let's come back here in a few moments and let's worship the Lord and uh, seek his face. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly. Let's come back in just five or so minutes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand? Let's start. Let's start this. This worship service in the right spirit. And all together with one voice, just ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. Whatever you might have done, whatever wrongs you may have committed in this moment right here, if you will confess your faults, if you'll, if you'll ask God to forgive you your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, you will be met with the faithfulness of God. So in this moment, why don't you confess to Him? God, we, we come to you in confession miss the mark Lord in our life and we have made a mess at times oh God and we have made a mess even maybe yesterday Lord but we confess to you we confess our sins and our shortcomings and we say Lord we're in need of your forgiveness God and we pray today Lord that you'll meet us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness God we present our bodies to you today we ask that you forgive us of our sins, Lord. Forgive me for what my eyes have seen. Forgive me for what my ears have heard. And forgive me for what my mouth has said. God, I pray that you would forgive me and cleanse me because I want to worship you.
and I want you to do a work in my life and I want my words that I lift up today be pleasing to you and so I'm asking you to help me Lord to cleanse me Lord let the work of sanctification begin today Lord once again I surrender to the path I I surrender to the process I surrender to your hand working in my life oh have your today God I want you Lord somebody begin to declare to the Lord that you want him to work you want him to move in your life you want him to move in your family I want you Jesus I want you Jesus I want your love I want your grace and mercy I want your word that will feed me I want your word that will build me I want your word Lord, release it today in my life. Release it in this house, God. Don't let us leave this place the same way. Oh, we came in here a certain way, Lord, but let us leave this house different. Let us walk out a different door in our life with a decision to serve you and to surrender to your process. We ask that you move in this place right now, God, that you touch every heart, every mind. God, that there would be a work of restoration, that there would be a work of reconciliation today, that there would be a work of healing and deliverance that will take place today. Oh, that there would be a searching and a revealing today. Oh, God, show your people the contents of their heart, that they could surrender them at an altar of repentance. God, we need your help. We need supernatural intervention today. We need your supernatural power today. Release it, Lord. Release it, Lord. Release your instruction and your counsel, God. We need it and surrender to it. Clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody shout with the voice of triumph because God is the victor and he has come to make us victorious. Hallelujah. We're going to give you an opportunity to present your offering to the Lord. Oh, but I want you to take this, I want you to take this moment and begin to praise Him and thank Him for all He's done for you, for the many ways that He's blessed your life and sustained you, kept you safe, kept you through the trouble, kept you through your your the situations that the enemy intended to destroy your life but you're here today with the testimony of God's faithfulness and the Lord is making a way so let's worship him let's let him have his way
you lift your hands and just thank you right now. Or if you've got a testimony in this house, come on, God delivered anybody? Hey, is there an addict in the house that says, I'm not an addict anymore? Hey, I'm not what I used to be. Listen, the devil thought he had me. Oh, say, see it now. Say, hell, I might not be who I want to be. I might not be who I want to be. 
But I can tell you today, I'm not who I used to be. He picked me up and he turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the pastor. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity come and be touched by the Lord today. If you need a touch in your body, if you need a touch in your mind, if you need a touch in your life, why don't you make your way to the front here. We're going to pray for you. Amen. Church, will you pray? Church, will you lift your voice? pray and believe God to do a great work today.
We're going to keep worshiping the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, can you lift your hands all over this house? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is in this room here right now, here right now, making this place I stand, holy ground, holy ground. Thank you, Jesus.
God still got joy in chaos. And I've got peace that makes no sense. Listen, I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I build my life on Jesus. somebody today or oh, somebody in this house you don't know how it's gonna work out you don't know how God's gonna fix it all I can say is he won't fail you he won't fail he won't fail oh sometimes he doesn't answer like we want him to answer but I know declare this, say rain, rain came when blue, my house was built on, sing it church, say, I'm safe with you, I'm gonna live, that's it, I'm gonna make it, rain came, rain came, rain, you're in that storm right now, my house was built on.
shall fall on this stone shall be broken but on whomsoever it shall fall it will grind him to powder today you can fall on the rock and be broken and the Lord will open the door for you to be placed on a firm foundation where you can have joy and chaos, peace that makes no sense, peace that makes no sense. I won't be going under because I'm not held by my own strength. I'm not being held up by my ideas or my ability. I'm not being held up by my personality. I'm not being held up by my position or my favor. I'm not being held up. Listen, I'm not being held up by this world. I'm being held up by His Word. He upholds, as Hebrews writes, He he upholds everything by the Word of His power. By the word of his power. This world was created by this world. And this world is being held together by the power of his word. And you and I, brother and sister, it's not you that's holding you up. It's the word. It's his word. It's him. It's his strength. It's his power. When you recognize that it's his power, you will know that whatever is shaken will not shake me from this foundation. The world is shaken. The world is rocking and reeling. The world is moving. The world is shifting. The world is falling apart. But there is a rock that is in the middle of all this that is unmovable and it's the church of the living God it's the church it's the bride it's the one who has said yes Lord I want you I want the kingdom of heaven
It's going to come from what David describes in Psalm 24 and 6 as this generation of them that seek him. That seek thy face, O Jacob, said I. The generation of them that seek him. The rain came and the floods came and the storm, the winds blew, but I was seeking his face and I stayed here. I stayed on the rock. Brother and sister today, I encourage you to stay where you are and stand on the rock and stay through it all and seek his face because he will sustain you. He will hold you up. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. The king of glory shall come in. Can you stretch forth your hands right now and say, King of glory, come in. King of glory, step into my life. King of glory, step into my situation. King of glory, step into my brokenness. King of glory, I I, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I, I need you. I need you. King of glory, I need you to reconcile. I need you to restore. I need you to redeem. A writer by the name of Boyce wrote this. Ancient rabbinical sources tell us that in the Jewish Jewish liturgy, Psalms 24 was always used in worship on the first day of the week. The first day of the week is our Sunday. So putting these facts together, we may assume that these were the words being recited by the temple priest at the very time the Lord Jesus Christ mounted a donkey and ascended the rocky approach to Jerusalem. Who is this king of glory? And what's his purpose? What is his plan? Why has the king come? Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, listen, if any man, if any man, it doesn't matter who you are and where you've been, if any man hear my voice and open the door, swing open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. When a person responds to the knock, by opening the door, they will soon see Jesus, the King of glory. Many people have opened the doors to all kinds of things in their life. 
Oh, but the best door that you can open is the door for the King of Glory to enter in, for the King of Glory to come in, for the King of Glory to begin to reconcile. Psalm 24 and 8, who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Who is this King of Glory? He is the Lord. Do you see the connection there? Yahweh or Jehovah, the Lord is the king of glory. But the one that you will see when that door opens is Jesus. He is the king of glory. And he is mighty in battle. It might not be the battle that you want to see in this life on this planet. But he's mighty in the battle that you are in that is spiritual. He's mighty in battle. Verse 9. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Verse 10, who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory, Selah. The king of glory, listen to me. The king of glory stood before the multitudes on the Sermon on the Mount and began, began teaching. And his words served as a knock on the door. If anyone hears and does what I say, they will become children of the Most High, a spiritual house that will not fall, a house of rest, citizens of a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. This is what is behind the door. Oh, this is what is knocking at your door. It's a kingdom that has no end. It's a kingdom that has restoration and healing and deliverance it's a kingdom that has peace it's a kingdom that will last forever when the king of glory comes in he starts a remodel he begins a work exposing all the worldly materials that were under the last tenant's plans the works of the flesh are the walls he begins showing us, giving you and I the task of removing them. God's been dealing with you. He's deal, he deals with us and he shows us things that he wants us to remove. He shows us things that he wants us to demo. He's given us the, he's given us the perspective to see it. He said, pick up that hammer and before I will build, you must demo. You must break down that wall. You must get, get to the source of what I'm revealing to you right now. You've been taken by the enemy. And you have built according to his plans. But now there's a new tenant. There's a new plan. He reconciles, he restores so he can rebuild a house of righteousness house of peace, house of rest, a house that's planted on a firm foundation. 
He is the God who saves. He's the God who restores. He is the God who will fill us with righteousness because we sought the righteous one. Listen, when you seek the righteous one, what you get in return is righteousness. You want, uh, you want to make right decisions? Seek the one who's righteous. Seek the Lord. You want your life to be different? You want to get back what the enemy has, has taken from you? He's ravaged your life. He's brought about despair and discouragement. Seek the Lord. Seek his face. And what you'll get is righteousness. What you'll get is peace. Peace that makes no sense. When we seek him, what he gives us, right? He gives us everything that we need to live in a way that will produce fruit, good fruit, that will, that will allow our life to not be affected, to not be tormented. You know what? There are so many people who are tormented and what they do, they mask it. They mask it with substance. They mask it with, with some kind of feeling, some kind of emotion, some kind of adrenaline. There is emptiness. There is uh, bondage. And what people do is they mask it. But when you, when you seek the righteous one, you will eventually start making right decisions. No longer influenced by the prince of the air under the dominion of our sinful nature because the king of glory has come in. Old walls come down. New walls are built. And with every layer that... The house that's being built will be stormproof. With every layer of him at work, building and instructing you by his plans, this doesn't belong here. This will cave in. You need something different because this will not last. It, it, will, it will deteriorate with the storm and it will burn up with the fire. What you need is the word. I'm going to give you a replacement, but I'm going to challenge you and charge you to Break down that wall and replace it with my word. And let me tell you something that is beautiful is that the Lord will continue his work even when you are still failing, even when you are still falling. Even when you are still messing up, if you've surrendered your life and you want to live a different life, you know what happens? The scripture says he upholds all those who fall. And if he upholds those who fall, then if you fall in this covenant relationship, he'll help you get back up. And when he helps you get back up, he shows you what caused the fall. He shows you the weak place in your foundation. He shows you the walls that, uh, uh, that you have that are in there that are going to bring destruction. They're going to expose you to all kinds of hurts. What he does, what he begins in us is a lifetime of construction because there are so many areas in our life that are hidden. 
Sometimes it takes a certain situation to reveal them. Sometimes it's a heartache or some kind of tragedy. Sometimes it's a word that is spoken and brings that room to the surface. Sometimes it's seeing an individual that triggers a memory of hurt or disappointment that will expose bitterness or unforgiveness. Listen to me. A a person can be in the kingdom for 30, 40, 50 years and still be offended by the smallest things because offenses come. The offenses will come. The challenges to our faith will come because it's the trials, it's the challenges, it's the troubles that will build endurance in our life when we can stand through the storm and still hold on to Jesus, still hold on to the King of glory. He came in. I don't want Him to go anywhere else. He he holds my peace in His yoke. He holds my rest his yoke people have walls of bitterness that are hidden that are hidden way in way in there you know david wrote for thou desirest truth in the hidden part and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom then he said purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. You know when we're clean is when we let God into all the places in our life. Go into the deep part of me, God, and see things that I have suppressed for years. Hurt, disappointment, failure, letdown. Uh, You know what I believe we do? We're good at this. We're good at when we fall short, when we mess up is we build, we, build, we build walls around that. When somebody lodges an arrow in our spirit from their words or from what they do, we build, we build a house around that. We build walls around that. We, we protect those things. You know what happens? Is, this, is, this can happen. I believe this is happening. Uh, I believe people are, are, have this going on in their life right now is that bitterness gets placed in their spirit and they build walls around it. You know how I know that? It's because 30, 40, 50 years of serving the Lord, they can remember what somebody did to them. They can remember who wronged them on what day, at what time, because it's protected. It's in there. It's a wall. There's a wall in there, but you know what that, you know what the Lord is telling somebody? That wall will cause your house to collapse. Because these offenses, they will come. People will be offended. When something doesn't work out the way that we want it, people will get offended. Listen, I believe there's a reason that that the writer, Psalm 1, said uh, the seed of the scornful is a real place. The seed of the scornful are ones who say, this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. 
This isn't how it's supposed to be done. It should be done this way. It should be done like it used to be. This is the pattern that we should be doing. Why are, why are things changing? Why are you doing things different? Listen, we got to accept that when God when God's doing a work, that it's going to look different in the generations that, 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 that we live through. It's not going to always look like fire and brimstone like it did before. It's going to look differently. So, so we can't approach it the same way they did it 25, 30 years ago. And, and people get stuck in a place and they say, well, I don't know. This just doesn't seem right. And, and so people can become offended over something simple when it's not the plan that they want. Because here, here is one, one of the truths that I want to share, that I believe the Lord wants to share with us today. We cannot keep ourselves from the things that will offend. You can't guard yourself from the offenses. They are coming. Whether we want them or not, there will be, there will be the temptation to become offended and bitter. We can't keep ourselves from, from what will offend, but we can keep ourselves from letting those offenses corrupt our heart, causing us to lose sight of who God is building. We can affect how we, how we, we, can, uh, we can change how we handle it. How we handle the offenses. Because I don't want anything to get in here that's going to corrupt I don't want anything that's going to be poisonous. I don't, I don't want to use anything that's going to cause this house to collapse, to cave in. I don't want any kind of corruption in my heart. A corrupted heart can keep people from remembering what Jesus has done for them. It will cause someone to retaliate, to not be meek or merciful, and it will keep them from being children of God. I want to be a child of the King. I want to be a child of the king. Matthew 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Peacemakers make peace. And let me, let me tell you, based on the scripture, it's a disposition that makes us the children of God. Now we're going to uncover some stuff here because there is a difference of being a peacemaker than just being at peace. Listen, James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. I'm going to read this to you in the MEV and you can follow along in KJV there. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show his works by his good life in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, do not boast and do not lie against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. For where there is envy and strife, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown 
and peace by those who make peace. By the peacemakers. By the ones who refused to let something destroy someone's life. When you see destruction in someone's life, ah, you got to be a peacemaker. Peacemaking is intentional. Peacemaking is, is who we are as children of God. Hebrews chapter 12 and 14, follow peace with all men in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And verse 15, look diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and hereby man be defiled. Listen, I got to follow peace with all men and holiness. And you know what I got to do? I got to look diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness Springing up trouble you, and thereby may be defiled. Verse 16, let there be, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. What I want to focus on all of this is we must pursue peace and holiness. It's not enough to only pursue holiness because we can't be holy without making peace. They are presented together in this passage. If I can't make peace, I won't handle offense well. Why do you think it's at this particular passage that Jesus is, is saying peacemakers? Because, listen, the things that he's about to disclose to, to his followers, they're going to need to make peace. They're going to need to learn how to deal with the offenses because the offenses are coming. And if you're going to be a peacemaker, you've got to be intentional with every, every man. If I can't make peace... I won't handle persecution well. I won't represent the kingdom well. If I can't be a peacemaker, then I can't represent God's kingdom the way I'm supposed to as a child of the king. Romans 14 and 16. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Verse 18. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. For 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And things therewith one may edify another. Peacemakers go to their brother and they go to their sister and they say, let's work this out. A peacemaker will say, I've seen you headed in the wrong direction. And I see the, the turmoil and the trouble that it's produced in your life. And I'm here to point you back to Jesus and to restore. Brethren, if a Man be overtaken in a fault, he which are spiritual, 
restore such a one spirit of meekness. We have to be mild. We have to be looking for a way to, to, to be a peacemaker. Jesus gave us a peace that doesn't fluctuate with the circumstances. He didn't give us passive peace either. He gave us a peace that keeps. He gave us a peace that guards. Peace isn't just being at ease and being in a place where you're not affected and you're not touched. Peace keeps and peace guards. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know what he did? He gave us his peace. And that peace will remove fear. It will keep a heart from being troubled. When I feel the trouble or fear moving in, I can find peace through Jesus. He gave me peace. He didn't give me fear. He didn't hand me disappointment. He didn't hand me discouragement. He didn't hand me those things that would cause me to be anxious. He gave me peace. And he's making me a peacemaker. You know what a peacemaker also does? And it goes back to what we were just saying. When, when, when your brother or your sister is in trouble, a peacemaker will help keep and guard them. A peacemaker will go to them to try to keep the arrows from getting in. A peacemaker will say, my brother and my sister, they're not where they should be right now, but I'm going to go pray for them. I'm going to cover them. To keep them to guard. Because I've got peace. And they need a restoration of peace. (laughs) Ephesians 4 and 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. A peacemaker will try to do the right thing, even in awkward situations. And listen, we're going to get to something here, and we're going we're to close. It's a quick work. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace is a quick work. Let's look at this. We shouldn't give bitterness a chance to fester. We we shouldn't give the offenses time to grow and build. Endeavoring means to use speed. Endeavoring. Use diligence. Use speed to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Be prompt. Be earnest. Don't let it sit. Don't let it stay. You go immediately. 
The minute God begins to deal with you, the minute God begins to show you, listen, somebody's life might be on the line and he's saying, hey, I need a peacemaker. Who's going to go? Who's going to rise up and represent my kingdom? And who's going to go to the situation and begin to speak? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond. Philippians 4 and 6, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall do what? Shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus, through Christ Jesus. If we can't be peacemakers, how will we shine for a world to know that they are under the control of tyranny? If we don't have the peace of God that passeth understanding, what do we have to offer? He's making peacemakers so we can accomplish what he has called us to accomplish. He doesn't invite people into the kingdom to sit. He doesn't invite people into the kingdom to just do their own thing. Listen, he invites people into the kingdom to reconcile, to rebuild, and to repurpose. His whole goal is to repurpose your walk. What you did before is not what you're going to do in the kingdom. Where you were headed is not where you're going to be headed in the kingdom. He's repurposing your life for his will. He's repurposing your life for his purpose. And you must, you must let his word build you so he can take you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, It's hid to them who are lost. It's hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. Let's stand. If I can't be a peacemaker, how can I shine? How can I present the peace that passeth understanding to a world that is lost? Our world and people in our world are under the influence of the devil. And we can't be offended by what they say or do or act. 
Do you think the Pharisees, do you think the, the religious leaders that, that stoned Stephen, do you think that they were under the control of the Spirit of God when they stoned him? Or do you think there was another spirit work in there? But what did Stephen do? What did Stephen say? Was it something to the effect, lay not a charge on them? It was was a similar saying to what Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Peacemaker doesn't get offended with the arrows that come against them that try to kill them. A peacemaker said, they don't know what's controlling them. They can't see it. But I need to let the love and the peace of God emanate from my life. I need to let them see him. I need to let them see this peace, this love. How do you think the blind eyes are going to open? Is it going to be because they see how holy we are? The blind eyes are going to open or, or, or is it because they're going to see something they've never seen before? Peace, love, joy, and the Holy Ghost. He's reconciling. He's rebuilding. And he's repurposing. and the power of the air has been busy deceiving, disrupting. But the Lord has been healing, restoring, uniting. If there is something in your life that needs to be restored, he's here. If the Lord has shown you a wall that needs to come down, he's here. He will help you. This altar is open for anyone who wants to recommit, who wants to cry out who wants forgiveness who wants restoration peace joy you just want you just want God to rebuild some things in your life this is a place to let him work this is a moment to respond to his call he's not will you open Will you let him in? Will you let the king of glory come in and bring peace into your life?
passages we see blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness blessed are they which are persecuted for doing the right thing I think sometimes we wonder why did this happen I was just doing the right thing By doing the right thing, we're not always going to see the right thing happen. Sometimes it'll come to us in the form of persecution. But it says, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are persecuted for righteousness, for doing the right thing. 
for pursuing righteousness, for pursuing peace, for trying to make peace with people between them and God, to be the reconciler, to be the intercessor, to be the one that's standing in the gap, to be the one that weep between the porch and the altar, to be the ones who say, God, save them. God, reach for them. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say, all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. I'm going to need peace to endure through this. I'm going to need to be meek to endure through this because it's coming. When you represent righteousness, you're not going to have people patting you on the back. You're going to have people who wave their finger at you. And you're going to have to have peace guarding you because it will want to make you bitter when they lash out at you. can't stop us from moving forward. The persecution, knowing that the persecution is going to be there, that can't stop us from growing. It can't stop us from repurpose because God is going to give us the strength that we'll be, we'll be able to stand through the hard times and be unmovable. Why do you need a firm foundation? Because the storm's coming. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You're not the first to be persecuted and you won't be the last to be persecuted. Rejoice. Rejoice because you are sharing. You are sharing in, in those who have been persecuted in times past. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing. What you have, what you have said is blessed. God, don't let us be fearful. Don't let us be worried. Don't let us be concerned about the opposition before us. But help us to hang on to your words and, to, and, and the, that our life would be built up by your words, that we would be able to stand that we would be able to endure through things, God, because your word tells us that we must endure to the end to be saved. Lord, let this be a house that can endure to the end because I want to be saved. I want my family to be saved. I want my children to be saved. I want my neighbor to be saved. I want those in my neighborhood to be saved. I want those on my job to be saved. Help me to see them as individuals that need someone to make peace. Between them and God. Jesus, Jesus. Amen. I love and appreciate you, brother and sister.
God has called you into the kingdom for such a time as this. He has a plan and a purpose. Hold on to him. And he'll take you there. Why don't we uh, remember this, this week, this coming week, we will have Brother Joe Zerpoli with us on Wednesday and uh, 7.15. And then we will um, also have him Friday at 7. And um, Saturday we're, we're planning on doing um, a little bit of outreach. So the time that we have decided to do that is between 11 and 1. And so we'll have more details about where we're going to go, where we're going to meet. So if that's something that you would like to do on Saturday, we're, gonna, we're just going to spend a little bit of time just reaching, trying to reach out to our community, look for opportunities to make peace, be peacemakers, to represent God's kingdom, and, uh, and to invite somebody to get to know him. Amen? And then we'll have him with us on on a Sunday, and he'll be with us for Sunday school and for our main service. So we're looking forward to these times with our evangelist. God is going to bring strength and um, encouragement uh, through his ministry, and then we will um, be blessed because of it. Just want to make sure you understand there will be two services on Sunday. I know a lot of times on a holiday weekend or when we're doing something like this, we only have one. But we will have two services on Sunday. So Sunday school teachers, you will need to be ready to teach on Sunday at noon and then our main service at 1. This Sunday is coming. Sunday is going to be a choir Sunday. So there will be choir practice at 1045. Our choir is going to sing in the main service. And then Monday on Labor Day, um, Roger and Shayla have um, are welcoming anyone who wants to come Monday, Labor Day, at 2 p.m. to go out to the campsite in Ravenna. And if you don't know where that is, don't ask me. I can get there, but I can't tell you how to get there. You need to talk to Roger. Roger, wave your hand at everybody. Talk to Roger McIntosh there, and he will make sure you know where you're going. They are going to provide smoked pork for everyone, okay? So if you're going to come... Listen carefully. Here's what you need to bring. You need to bring a chair. You need to bring your own drinks for you and your family. You need to bring a side dish or a dessert. Okay? Good. Bring, a, bring something to sit on. Bring your own drinks for you and your family. Bring a side dish or a dessert. And they are providing the pulled pork for us. So we really appreciate that. But everyone in the church is welcome. 2 p.m. on Monday Labor Day. Do people need to bring their favorite barbecue sauce? Ruin a really good meat, huh? I, I, I agree. I can eat it plain. All right. God bless you all. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.